0: No doubt you're noticing like I am masks are coming off, and i don't mean that in the spirit it's a it's a good thing you know as much as, as much as anything else it's a um it's a transition, just like all the other transitions we've had in the last few years um, I remember thinking. Are things going to return to normal? Is there ever going is is life ever gonna be like it was before and and uh no doubt if you're like me, you're noticing some masks are coming off some are not and I'm completely okay with that. We get to see um, people's faces we get to see people's Attitudes, friendly, friendly attitudes. It's nice sometimes when you go into a a place of business. Uh, I understand that, that to me, with all of this mask stuff, th- the ones I've tried to be most respectful to, I mean, obviously I want to be respectful to everybody, but I would say the ones I've tried to be most respectful to are those Small businesses that I know are just trying to stay open and stay in business, and they're doing whatever they feel like they have to do uh, in order to do that, and I completely understand and respect that. But, you know, just as much as anything else, like I said, it's it's a transition and it's a season, it's a new season in a lot of aspects, so let me encourage you to turn your spiritual antenna on and be alert to whatever the Lord is doing right now in this season. Volatile people. We have volatile people all around us. And that could be a very good thing when you are a reaper, a sower and a reaper. But People go. All of us throughout all of our lives go through seasons individually, and at various times in those seasons, no doubt, sometimes we are more open, and sometimes we are more closed. Um, I'm just encouraging you to be sensitive to that, be aware of that, and let the Lord do what He wants to with it. Amen. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Maybe we could just pray one more time before we go further. Lord, I thank you for your presence that we feel here. Jesus, I thank you for your spirit. I pray let there be revelation and understanding here tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you would minister tonight, Lord Jesus, according to your will, according to your spirit, O God. Jesus, we pray your working and your leading. God, we pray, have your will. Jesus, we pray it tonight. We want to see your kingdom come in this world. God, we want to see your kingdom established. We want to see it grow. We want to see it further, Lord. Not just numerically, God, but in the hearts and lives of people. Lord, we want to see people grow close to You. We want to see people have understanding opened, Lord Jesus. God, we want to see relationships with You built upon, strengthened, and founded, Lord. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh yes, Lord, amen. Well, I'm going to invite Bishop to come and take some time, and it's his birthday today of all days, and I do have a card for him. He's not one for much pomp and circumstance, but I want to let him know we love him and honor him today. Amen. Bishop, that's for you, and that's for you. Thank you so much. You
1: are too kind. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be here. Maybe I'll move over here. Let's see if that thing... We're okay. We're okay. It's, okay. it's on the keyboard. That's okay. Okay. That's all right. I was reflecting... It was Brother Leslie that shared with me a concept years ago that a child has a window of time when his speech begins to develop. It's a window. And so once they're through that window, how they exercise their jaw, how they use their tongue, how they... Learn to talk. Forms. And they carry that through the rest of their life. That's why you have people move here from England. And continue to talk English. In that way. Pretty much the rest of their life. Because as a child that was formed. And they carried that on, even though they may have lived here or elsewhere the rest of their life. They carry that because that window of shaping was passed. Okay. And he related that to, he said, I believe that when people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is a window given to them. Now, it's not to learn to talk, but the things that are taught the things that they embrace in that early infancy of their relationship and walk with God, they will carry through the rest of their life. And I was reflecting on people that I've known. Uh, They just, they have all these consistencies. You don't have to remind them about anything. They have all these things that they developed as patterns and good habits in their early walk, and now they are in their latter years, and nothing's changed. They've, they've sat under multiple ministries, because I know them, and I know their lives. But they haven't flipped back and forth in their own personal walk and development, because it was formed during that infancy. Amen. Now, there were some things that my wife learned and developed in her infancy, in her walk with God. I didn't learn, and so there was adjustments that came, and they had to come later, and there, you know I had to develop those areas, but to me they were cl- they were clear, they were standout. And and it had to do with her shapeability, her moldability, and those teachers that were there teaching. Okay? And we've talked about it through the years. We've been together for a long time now. Forty years this year. And so i can remember early in my own walk uh i, I remember the day i was getting out of uh, brother leslie's truck in front of his house and i said hey there's a couple that i've met and uh they need a bible study i was working with them on a job and you know i was new and i <laughs> i was so i don't know nothing but he said i'll be right back he went in the house and he came out with a, with a uh, Exploring God's Word Bible study, chart, manual, gave it to me. And he said, there you go. Yeah. What, me? And so early, it started something. And, it's, and it started by me opening to lesson one and reading through the manual. And then going to a Bible study, people we had met. who agreed oh that would be great come to our home and we will go and and what's interesting is I was reflecting on this I, I started giving Bible studies and I gave many Bible studies most of the Bible studies I gave they were all referred to me or I was assigned them wasn't somebody I met somewhere like the first one was but They had maybe come and attended a service or somehow they got connected to somebody and I would get assigned. Okay, I need you to connect with that couple and serious that couple. Okay. (laughs) And so there was a Bible study that I begin to give that I Uh, like. I used exploring God's word, but one was called rightly dividing the word. And what it did, it took you through the scriptures that were so pertinent to the gospel and getting somebody the redemptive message without giving them that whole 12-week Bible study. Okay? And what I found was, in the beginning, I would say, okay, so let's re- You have four people around the table. So why don't you read uh, Matthew such and such, you know. And so while they were fumbling through the because they weren't real avid readers, I was looking, where do I go next? And then when they got done, I'd say, okay, now let's you read Mark chapter, you know, and then i am going back to my notes. I didn't know what I was doing. I looked to the notes, but here's what happened over time. As they were reading, it was triggering the verse in me for the next one, Which eventually I could cite them. I could quote them. But what it did was it it shaped in my mind. This is the path. This is the redemptive message throughout the Gospels. And now I can do it verbatim. I don't need the chart. I don't need the manual. I'll take my Bible. And here's what I realized. I don't know. How many lives I impacted beyond me. Now, let's suppose I did. But I came away persuaded. I came away convinced. I came away as the teacher being the best student. I got to the place I owned it. Therefore... I didn't need to, you know, I met somebody, opportunity presents itself. Hold, uh, hold on. Let me get my. No, there was none of that. Matter of fact, I stopped setting up Bible studies. I would just give them. Now, I might not give the whole thing, but if opportunity presented itself, see, the scriptures were there. And I could take off at any point and begin to communicate depending on where the conversation was. With this individual. So therefore, the next person would be entirely different. The next person entirely different. But when you embrace the whole of the message, it's just not in one verse. But when you embrace the whole of it, and you become persuaded of it. Now you can fish with a line. All right? And I have always believed on the one-on-one contact. I have not been given much in the way of crusades. Now, we've done it. Through the years... I have observed there are individuals in the body who just seem to be given to a lifestyle of evangelism. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, I live my evangelism, and if they see me, they should see something. No, 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 no. A lifestyle of evangelism is always, always being ready Always being aware spiritually of those around me, situations they're going through, and it usually comes out aware. For the abundance of the the mouth speaketh, therefore it surfaces in a word or something said. Sometimes it's something that just registers with my spirit, and so I may engage and see where it goes okay I I could stand here tonight and share a myriad of situations every single one of them being different at the entrance point but would get led in the same direction okay I think this is important now I I was about to say I have observed that it seems like there's a few normally that they live a lifestyle of evangelism and they are, they are fishermen. I mean, they are reeling them. And they, they're constantly bringing somebody to a service or a Bible study or a fellowship group or any kind of activity. They're constantly bringing people. And sometimes I wonder in the world oh this is my neighbor oh i was at the grocery store and they were in the lighting oh we was in the parking lot and i saw and i said and and that's just how they live and it never stops never have to encourage them why don't you bring somebody to church sometime You, you never have to make a statement like that they always do okay now i went through a season of time Where I felt I wanted to compel people. I wanted to encourage and incite people to become evangelistic. I was uh, uh, working in an iPhone repair store in Puyallup with my nephew. I call him my nephew. He's my wife's cousin. And every week... There would be a story to share or tell of somebody who came through the door to fix their iPhone and ended up in a Bible study or a prayer meeting. It became a point of evangelism. Wait a minute. I thought that's where you worked. Exactly. It gave me fresh people contact all the time. All the time. Time does not avail itself tonight to share some of the stories of the situations that it took me to with individuals, but in coming on, you know, to church on the weekend on Sunday, I would share stories after story, and my, my motive was to encourage and incite individuals, because it's the most exciting thing you can do. It is the most exciting thing you can do, Okay. Before coming here tonight, I had a thought that I, I feel obligated to share, okay? I think that we all would like to be that individual in our place of vocation that people look at and know and have observed over the years, they are a believer, and and you know this when when they have family trouble or they have a great problem and they come to you and share and hopefully you return with let's pray let me pray for you oh not now now, now ok later <laughs> however it veils itself I think we would all like to be that person right I have known or no I haven't known them I've been a I've been acquainted with people down through the years in the Yakima Valley that when I met, brought their name up they said well if that's what it takes I'm not interested or if that's what is that if that's what it represents it I'm not interested so in other words their witness was so poor, because through the years, I'm not talking about a one-time situation, but their, their Christian witness, their spiritual witness, did not draw people. Yet they were people in great places of influence. Now that's a sad indictment. It's a sad indictment. Any time, you know, in our humanity, we make bad decisions. Now, you can call them terrible mistakes. They're bad decisions. But we can get beyond those things, all of us. We can give enough history that... We, li- we outlive the accusations. We outlive the scenarios. Okay? I'm, I'm going to tell you an, an area of life experience that can damage us terribly in our testimony. And it's how we handle this. I'm not talking about just paying your bills, but it's when, well, I, I, I don't want to get too detailed, but sometimes people can entirely ruin their testimony by their greed. <laughs> when when the scripture bears that, we should come to a place of selflessness and turn loose of things and... Uh, be stewards in life. Greed will turn people off. It's easily recognizable. Okay? It's easily recognized. And it's a major turnoff. Let's pray right now. Father, the last thing that we wish to example in our lives is a greedy attitude and spirit, a selfish attitude. Let us become selfless in our lifestyle, in our endeavors. Let us be givers rather than takers. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Let purity prevail, Father. Let holiness and purity prevail in our lives in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I find it... um, Oh, you know, when I was doing all those Bible studies and stuff. I wasn't in the ministry. I had no title. I was a believer. I was an attender. I was one of everybody else. Okay. now it developed a place of. Ministry, which I feel like comes easily for me now. And that all developed as I was. we were given different responsibilities. The Bible says that, you know, if you're faithful over a few things, you'll be made ruler over many things. And so as you take responsibility that you're given and you operate and exercise with stewardship responsibility in those things, something else is coming down the road. You're going to be given another responsibility. And so little bit by little bit Kind of like precept upon precept. You're given a responsibility and you grow in the next one and the next one and the next one. Well, it just never ended. It just never ended. And so responsibilities have continued to come our way. But the, to me, it has to come to a place of ease in ministry. And, it, and, and I had to overcome humanity in the beginning. Okay, I was, uh, what's the word? I wasn't shy, I was introverted. I was introverted. I'd stand in the back of the room, let everybody else talk. Even at the conferences. And I knew I needed to overcome it. And there were things that I did to overcome it. And it was as simple as going to a coffee shop and talking, get having a cup of coffee with the motive I was gonna talk to the person next to me. And I learned to do it with questions. Hi, how are you? Good? You from around here? No, I'm just passing through. I drive for so it's oh really, where are you from? Louisiana and one you know every every with every response it gave me fodder for another question now my objective would be by the end of that night was to get their name maybe even a contact number and a few details that i could write down about them that i could remember for the next time i would see them now th- this is just human effort but i knew even baptized in jesus name filled with the holy ghost i was locked inside of myself in certain areas not going to be friendly and all that but when you are cribbed in here whoops when you are locked up inside and you're not able you know what you know what you do when you hit, stick your hand out to introduce yourself to somebody you're not you can't even remember their name hi i'm uh, Larry Schoonover. Yeah. Kayla Flowers. I didn't even hear that. See, my focus is, is getting my name out right. I'm not even paying attention to what his name was. So I had to get beyond, you know, my own stuff and in, in my humanity to get to the place that now I could focus on what he's saying. So even when it came now down to asking the questions, again, there's a shift. You move from being all consumed with who you are, what you're going to say, and you're nervous about it coming out sounding smart and not foolish. And you transition over to you don't even think so much about what you're saying. It becomes automatic. And it's all about what now he's communicating. Okay? Now, what if I'm self-centered? Will I ever get to that place? Nope. And so that is a a, a life transition that should come to every person in their early adulthood. Because sometimes it doesn't happen in your teenage years. If you can reflect back and remember, 17, man, it's all about you. It was for me. But so we go through these transitions. Well, coming into the kingdom of God now, that that became a great benefit and a need for me to get beyond that so that I could become sensitive for ministry's sake. I'm not thinking about me. My, 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 my spiritual uh, antennas... Are outward they're not inward and I'm listening and I'm watching I'm seeing and I'm hearing now I can move now again these are tools these are tools to become a soul winner in the kingdom of God if there is such a thing okay if there is such a thing that too now now, I've I shared with you a friend of mine at work, Bob Beglow. He was a fisherman. He kept the fishing rod in the back window, tackle box on the seat every day at work because he fished every day. He was a fisherman. Me, I went on fishing trips. You know, you had to plan for 2 weeks. First I had to get invited, then plan for 2 weeks and then come up with some kind of gear that usually didn't work, but it was a rod, it had line, and there was some bait and a hook. And uh, yeah. I remember going on a, a fishing trip with my uncle up in the, on the Klickitat River for salmon that were spawning, and it was, uh, it was quite a deal, because I was pretty young, and I just had this little trout rod, you know, Zebco real deal, and I was knee deep in the river. The water was low, there were big pools, and then it was just shallow. Anyway, we, he eventually caught a salmon, and it was the thrill of my life to see that thing just go zing up the river with the tail out or the fin out of the water because the water was only five inches deep. He was seven inches thick. I don't know how he did that, rubbing his belly along them rocks. Anyway, it was quite a deal. But again, I went on fishing trips. Some people are fishermen. Okay. I want to go to the book now. I want to read a setting of scripture here. Luke chapter 5 at verse 1. I want to talk about fishing. Luke 5 and 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, when he was done, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, I hope you're not like Simon. Simon pushed back. I see this as a temptation to some people. No matter what you say, they push back. They got all these reasons why not, and they push back. Hey, let's go. Nah. Hey, let's No. No, nah, but, yeah, but, no, nah, but, uh, I'm, I'm talking to you. Clyde, how you doing tonight? Clyde, lower the net on the right side of the ship. <laughs> Launch out in the deep. Let your, down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. There are no fish in this water. Nevertheless, At thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. You know, sometimes when God gives direction Specific direction for you to do something, whether you're in agreement with it or not. Oftentimes, it's not just about you. There are other ships. There are other people involved that he intends to engage into a situation. Remember that principle. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. That's embarrassing. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, I am convicted. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Why did he say that? What made him sinful in his own eyes? Well, he pushed back. He wasn't obedient to the beckoning of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord. Do this thing. And it ought to bring conviction. And that's a good thing. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also, or so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. We're not here talking about fish. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now he was giving him a very important principle here. Teaching him. And letting him know, these things that I have showed you tonight have nothing to do with catching a draught of fish. But now you're going to begin to catch men. And so it is that there are times when we, we adjust some of our methods, okay? At the beckoning of the Lord, at the the leading of God's Spirit. I said early on, I've always been one who believed in one-on-one encounters. In other words, I believe that typically the assembly is built with one-on-one counters. Each one reach one. But then I also know we're not all alike. We're all members in the body. He's placed us in the body. When we've been baptized in Jesus name filled with his spirit, that is also an affirmation. I believe for most parts where that happens. Okay. But everybody. Does not serve in the same capacity to the body. We all serve the body. We are a member of the body. Elbow has responsibility for all that that fist can do for the body but it's it's an unknown it's an unseen it's not nobody pays attention to the elbow but everybody pays attention to the hand you know the writers in the scripture said you know about the body some don't think if they can't hear don't eat don't smell you know Blah, blah, blah. They're not in a significant part of the body. We are all a significant part of the body. I want to encourage, number one, that we become more uh, aware. You know, the whole idea of the Timothy Project was sound doctrine, it wasn't just an exercise, it was about embracing sound doctrine. And, and I'll tell you, you really don't get a grasp of it until you teach it. You can listen to it, you can hear it, you can study it, you can read it. It's when you begin to teach it. There's something about the process of formulating the dialogue that cements it somehow in here. But, it's, but it, it is an important and critical thing, as I mentioned it. Like a child, early on, learns to speak that there are things that, Uh, In the Holy Ghost, I I will say this When you feel like you are Well, nobody wants to be called a child But yet we are children Nobody wants to say We are young in the Lord Yet I think if you're Oh, five, six, seven years You're young in the Lord And that's a window I pray you don't get past the window without embracing the things that God would have you to. Because then there's a crossing over to a place that, what do you become? You become an attender. You become an observer. Okay? Now, it can be reinvigorated. It can be stirred up. The the gift of God can be stirred up in any one of us. <clears throat> but my observance over the years If you get you know when you're young in the Lord you want to talk to anybody everybody you want to share you want to talk if you are Feel good about talking Again, I was introverted. I went home didn't tell anybody. I got the Holy Ghost Not in my family uh-uh. Okay, and so that that created a shell and something that I had to break through. So that was not positive. But for the most part, people who have a new experience, they want to share it with somebody. They want to tell somebody about it. And typically, that becomes a contact point. That is a witness. That is a testimony that draws somebody else. Well, if you had that, is it possible? Can I? Can I experience it? Whatever's happened to you, you're, you've changed, man. You're different. What's, what's going on? Well, you know, I started this happened, that happened. And so it becomes the point of testimony. It's, you have to do your best not to say, well. Mm, I'm not sure I want to say that. I try not to focus on making it the church. I want to lead people to God. I want to lead people to a redemptive experience. It does take place in the fellowship, oftentimes, of the church. You know, when we come to God, we come into the fellowship, and then we come into the body, okay? But too often times, it's just an invitation to a church. And then it's comparing churches. now. It really doesn't fit the dialogue or the narrative. It really is leading people to Christ and what He did on the cross so that I could be redeemed, so His blood could be applied to me in the waters of baptism. Amen. The new birth experience. Amen Uh, I had mentioned um, Sometimes using different uh, Methods I I do believe the one on one method is necessary (laughs) The world is changing And this is what I want to say about that It is changing so much and so radically People are scared People are open, they want answers, it was shared with me the other night, uh, we have friends, a family in Kiev, in the Ukraine, I've been there, been with their family, preached in their church, and everybody has kind of fought them, they are the oneness Pentecostals, okay, and there's a lot of Baptist churches, okay? And they've resisted them. They've pushed back on them. Well, over the years, they've tried to build a church, a building. They've been renting facilities. And, and so, and I mean, the government has fought them. They'd get permission. They'd lose permission. They'd get permission. They'd lose permission. It's been going on for years. They finally broke ground. They put in a foundation. They started to get this structure up. They were ready to put the roof on. When the first bombs dropped. (laughs) They all had to leave. Their apartments were getting destroyed. Now. They told me yesterday. Sunday. Two of them were preaching in the Baptist churches. Because all of a sudden. Because of what's taking place. Where there were walls, the walls have come down, and they're saying, come on, why don't you bring your people, come in with us, and we'll let you you do the teaching today. And, and so they've opened up. Now, this is what I'm saying. The world and the circumstances around us all is dramatically changing, and people are changing. And so I'm feeling motivated to get in the public. To get in the public, to, to move out of this upper room experience, and get out into the public where we can. OK? Now I'm not talking about crusades, but I am talking about making it a, doing it in a way that it becomes more possible. Brother uh, Timothy, if you'd put that picture up on the screen, this is a stage trailer, okay? Sunday, we presented this in Puyallup, and we raised an offering. It is my intention to go to each congregation and present this. And where people feel like they want to contribute, we intend to purchase a trailer, maybe not this exact one, but one just like it. And so, I just want to share it with you. I don't want to sell it to you. I don't want to. I'm going to slow down here a minute. Because I want to see a witness. I want to see a witness that this is the hand of God. And and I'm going to tell you how I know this works. Through the years, there's been times when I have presented, usually a person, missionaries, things like this, and received offerings. And God has moved upon the people. And I was amazed. I was amazed at what came in for that cause, that purpose, that individual. Let me tell you a little story. There was a couple from back east somewhere, and they came to visit some family, and they came to church. He, he was a pastor, and so we talked a little bit, and, and I, don't, I might have had him testify. I don't know, but I felt the Lord speak to me and said, receive an offering for him. Okay, so we did $1,700 came in now that just typically didn't happen it was $1,700 cash offering for this couple which we didn't even know I mean we knew the family and but I knew God was wanting to do something for this couple and through us as a people all right I gave him the envelope he took it home he went to Back to where they were staying that night he hadn't even looked at him. when he opened up He said he and his wife just sat there on the bed and cried. See they had a need. I Didn't know what it was It was so important and significant to them. Okay now I Thought that was interesting But it became more interesting when a year later they came back again for a visit and the Lord said receive an offering for them and we did, and there was an outpouring. And I thought, this is amazing. Now, one other time, you, you realize I don't do this often. You'd have heard it by now if I did. But one other time, I brought a situation. There were some people who had come from another country, and we were working with them in ministry, and we'd actually tried to put together a, a big meeting in Seattle, and... The strangest thing happened. We did. We rented a building in downtown Seattle and set up this meeting. Nobody came. I was in shock. He was in shock, but he had egg on his face. Well, the strange thing was is I appealed to, for them, an offering. They had ministering for a month, okay, And i felt like this had always worked i want to do for this through the people there was nothing that came in so here's why i'm telling you this i've learned that when god is in it he will move upon the hearts of the people no matter the circumstances that's being presented i I don't try to judge the situation i only wait on the lord about any certain direction, and oftentimes I might check with a few elders and say, I'm, I'm feeling like doing this. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling that, you know. And so I've learned that just because it's thoughts that pass through my head doesn't mean it's the Lord leading me. And so I'm going to check myself with other men of God and my wife. And so back to the trailer. I really feel like I want to get out in the public. I want to build a trailer that is self contained with sound equipment in it, instruments that will be used. Of course, we'd put them in a secure location when we're not using it, but be able to put it there and use it and take it anywhere and set up multiple locations to go, sing, preach, testify, whatever it is that we feel to do, wherever. God opens doors to do it. Okay? Both on the west side and the east side. Now, I'm I'm just making you aware of this. I'm not going to, I'm not asking you for an offering here tonight. Because I'm leaving this picture with you and whatever you feel to do on Sunday. I'm going to leave that to you. Okay? Again, I I don't want to push it. I don't want to sell it. But if you pray about it and the Lord talks to you to do something, then just do what the Lord tells you to do. You'll feel good when you do what the Lord tells you to do. You go beyond what the Lord tells you to do and you'll, you won't feel so good. <laughs> you can have confidence in that, okay? But I say it's time to go fishing. I say it's time to go fishing and to add to our methods of reach. Where do sheep come from? Shepherds? Oh, okay. Other sheep. Amen.
0: Elder. Hey Amen. Thank you, Bishop. I'm going to try to express i don't know that i can do it really but i'm going to try to express something that i appreciate about bishop and the way that the lord operates through him using just this as an example <coughs> the, uh, you got to understand I, I i grew up in the south where there was a church on every corner and every church was thinking about what are we going to do next wouldn't it be great if I think we should have this I wish we could do that you know what would be awesome if and that's just the environment that I grew up in And I think it's, it's something a lot of us have experienced um, I'm not understand I'm not saying that's because I'm from the south it's everywhere Okay, but then I'm just telling you where I, where I grew up that was the environment I was raised in. Here's why I say that. Look at this. Go to Bishop and say, where are you going to put that? What, wh- where do you want to take it? Who's going to do what? I guarantee you right now he'd say, I don't know. That, it sounds like a little thing. And that's why I said, I don't know if I can really express what I'm trying to express but because it's the opposite of how most of us would try to do things. We would pull up to a big empty parking lot, look around, survey, and think, man, you know what would be awesome here. One of those would be awesome here. And I could get Brother So-and-so to come here and do this, And I know if I asked her to to do that, she'd do it. And if you're not careful, you can plan something right out of the will of God. I'm just trying to tell you the way my mind works. I, I just want to know my part and do it, honestly. Nothing beyond that. Bishop mentioned a word, a, a term earlier, that the Lord just really struck a chord with me when he said it. He said self-centered. We can't be self-centered Because self-centered seeks for a place for self to shine. A place for self to do what self likes to do and receive what self likes to get. There's no room for that in the kingdom of God. You can make your own kingdom and have all the room for that you want but that's your own kingdom. That's not the kingdom of God. We we If we're not careful, we'll build our own life and say, now, where does the kingdom of God fit in this life that I have? I do this for a living. I've got This for a spouse. I've got these for children. I've got this for sustenance. Where where can I fit the kingdom of God in there? Or what what picture? What's the accurate depiction that fits? What hear me? What church program fits into my life? Is it one that meets over here? Is it one that meets over there? Is it one that gets together on this day? Is it one that offers this? Is it one that has this that's really appealing? What church program fits my life? Why would that be my approach? Because I'm self-centered. You, you can veil it under a, a, a spiritual type of um, covering that says well no I, I i know i need to go to church i know i need to love the lord i know i need to hear preaching i know i need to do whatever but there's there's it, it, they're not even remotely the same thing trying to fit something into your life and trying to as bishop said be moldable in such a way that god can tell you here's what i have for you How are you going to fit into this? What is your role in this? This is what I'm doing. This is what I desire. This is how I operate. Can you see yourself in this? If you can't, good, because that means it's got to be me formed in you. There is a thing in the world right now called religion that has nothing to do with God. Scripture says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. In this case, the form of godliness is calling it a church. In some instances, some of them wouldn't be very comfortable with that term because it's a little bit too godly. We're not a we're not a church, we're a we're a group. We're a gathering. We're a meetup. We're a community. We're a we're an organization that meets in a building, and yes, we have a preacher, and yes, we have a band. But you know, really what we do is we want to promote something that really fits well into people's lifestyles. So they'll be here and want to be here. And keep coming back. The scripture says promotion cometh not. From the east or the west. Promotion. You can't promote the kingdom of God well enough. That people will want to join it. What you do is you. Create an environment or let the Lord create an environment and an atmosphere that is so saturated with his presence that people come into that presence and they have no other choice but to acknowledge this is the spirit of God. That's what I'm searching for. That's what I'm longing for. That's the thing I've missed in my life. Let's stand and pray. Jesus, Lord, we want to know your will and we want to do it. God, we want to know your plan for our life just so we could follow the next step. Lord, just so we could commit ourselves to doing whatever you would call us to do, whatever you would ask us to do. Lord, I believe there is a great harvest being prepared. I believe there is a great harvest being prepared. Even here, Lord, in this city, in this town, in these surrounding areas, God, these places where we each live and go and travel and spend our days, I know there is a great harvest being prepared. Jesus, I believe it with all of my heart, God, that You are turning the soil of every person's soul, that You are softening the heart of each individual Lord to prepare them to be ready to receive the seed of your word God I believe in that harvest I can see it in the spirit Lord I can feel it in your spirit Jesus you have people because you care about each one you care about the individual soul Lord you have people that you would draw into your presence You have people that you would draw into your presence, God, so that your spirit could convict them, God, so that your word could penetrate their heart in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, prepare me, oh God, prepare me to be ready to serve, prepare me to be ready to speak, to share. Lord, to be led by You. For Your timing is perfect, Jesus. Your will is perfect, O God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, You can do a work that none of us can do. You can open a door, Lord, none of us could open on our own. God, You would set before us an effectual open door. God, in your name. Come on, why don't you just do it for a minute? Pray for somebody. Pray for your friends, your family, your co-workers. Come on, let the Lord put somebody on your heart that you're going to reach out for. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm claiming it right now. I'm claiming it right now, Jesus. I believe it, Lord. These souls that will be baptized... In the name of Jesus, for the remission of their sins, these souls that will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, Father, Your Spirit residing in a person, changing them, making them a new man. I believe it right now, Jesus. God, I speak it in Your name. I declare it in Your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, it is the work of Your Spirit. Hallelujah. You're not willing that one would perish, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I claim it tonight, Jesus. I claim it tonight, O God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, let me do my part, God. Lord, let me speak the word that You would put in my mouth in the name of Jesus. Let me be spiritually aware, O God. Lord, let me know what is Your time for me. Let me know what is a direct appointment from You. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. I'll remind you, it was it was the word spoken to Esther that says you've been called, you've been put in the kingdom, chosen for the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe that for every single person here. You have been chosen in his kingdom for this time, today. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another.